Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855am digital and 3cr.org.au. Bump it up a little bit. Give the drummer some right now.
3CR, 8.55am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. 3CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the Kulin Nations and we pay respect to Elders, past, present and emerging. Hello to any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander people tuning in and we acknowledge that all the lands were stolen and never ceded and that reconciliation is an ongoing process. I'm Sally Goldner. I use the pronoun she, her. I'm the host of Out of the Pan, a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex, gender or genre. There's lots of ways to get in touch with the program. Um, You can do so by emailing outofthepan855 at gmail.com. You can SMS 61456 751 215. You can tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. And you can also look for posts on Facebook um, at my page, Sally Goldner AM and 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. And remember, any opinions that I express on this show uh, are my own and not those of any organisation with which I'm associated. Um don't think there'll be any content warnings for today. Um, all looks pretty um, relaxed as far as I can tell at this point in time. And opening up today with um, ZZ Top, we got to a sharp-dressed man. Um, you could be a sharp-dressed woman, a sharp-dressed non-binary person or a sharp-dressed pan. But it's a nice lead-in to the interview that um, I've got today. Um, had a chat during the week with the wonderful Cat Patrick, who's the author of a new children's book called The Spectacular Suit. And when I heard about this a few months ago and then got a copy of the book a few weeks ago, I thought, I've just got to interview Kat. And Kat turned out to be absolutely wonderful. Um, well, I've never really had a guest on the show who wasn't, but um, extra wonderful, Mr. Mister Wonderful, um, Tony the Wonderful, if you know your Police Squad episodes. Um, there's some useless trivia. Um, well, I think it was useful anyway. My brain remembered it. But um, had a lovely chat with Kat, so um, 
we did have to um, pre-record due to the time differences and Kat being in the United Kingdom. But let's have a listen to part one of A Chat with Kat. It's my pleasure to have on 3CR today the author of a wonderful new book that has um, been released in the last couple of months. And on the show today, it's my pleasure to talk with Kat Patrick. Kat, welcome to the 3CR Airwaves. Thank you so much for having me. It's a, a pleasure to be here, all the way from sunny Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> a long way away. Uh, gosh, I look, as I've got to say it before we go any further, as a 1965-born person, this technology is amazing. We'd probably, if it was radio, radio to air in 1965, I don't know how we'd do this by Morse code or something, but uh, we are definitely <laughs> here. The thing is... Hey, I was born in 1986. And it's still, it's still baffling technology to me as well. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, so you're up with faxes and that sort of thing. You know, um, they were still around oh, I then, I think. Faxes. <laughs> Yay. Um, oh, now I've got to do it. <laughs> anyway, that, and that's dial-up internet as well. Um, Kat, before we go any further, though, can I just check in if it's okay to ask with which pronouns you use, if any? Yeah, of course. Um, I use they, them pronouns. Awesome. Um, we love, uh, we're, we respect all genders on this program and we're all for doing a bit of binary busting, which is very awesome. And you, you've done it with this awesome book, The Spectacular Suit. When I first got informed that, um, you know, this was coming and I saw just even the, the cover and a bit of the art, the artistry, and of course this is an illustrated book, which I want to talk about, um, it sort of was just like, yay. And so tell us about, just to start <laughs> off with, how, the um you know the idea for the book came about um I think I mean these things always take a long long time longer than you realize I think I first started thinking about the book well two or three years ago now time's become a bit of a vacuum for obvious mm. reasons over the last while but <laughs> it was I think I was talking with friends other queer friends of mine um other non-binary uh trans mass friends and talking about those early experiences of childhood like you know childhood memories and obviously childhood memory becomes a strange thing when you identify as trans and non-binary because of course there's these two separate selves that um not in conflict with each other but are having to figure out how to exist side by side when you're younger especially uh and trying to pinpoint that in a way that felt like it could be translated to a kid or back to that same kid that I was back then if that makes sense and yes I think clothing clothing became clothing is like the ultimate function of um self-expression and not always in the best way i suppose there's so much gender pressure in that as well True. and it seems so simple to go back to that time to a birthday party well to one of my birthday parties when all deep down all i really wanted was to wear a suit because of course that was like the the smartest most amazing thing that i saw um my dad leaving for work every day in and that i saw in and around i mean it was only a small town but in and around the town we lived in um and never obviously voicing that as a kid and wondering what would happen, you know, different times now if a kid did feel brave enough to voice that and what how that could be celebrated. Um, and, yeah, that, I mean, it was, that's a long answer for what was very straightforward. It's just a childhood memory <laughs> reimagined. <laughs> well, I, I, well we're, we're, look, um, sometimes things can be straightforward on this show, but not very often. But seriously, 
Um, I, I think you've, you've raised a really, really good point that this is something, there's so many things to unpack in the, in your answer that, you know, and I, I, I did what, you know, while you're the guest, I do feel I want to affirm what you're saying. Because sometimes when I recall my childhood and early years now, you know, if it comes up in a dream or literally in a dream at night, I don't feel like I look like the, even the person I was, even, you know, it just it it's it's very blurry. I totally get what you mean, and it does. Yeah. It also we don't. I think as transgender, diverse, and non-binary people, we don't sometimes feel like our childhoods are taken away from us. We don't get the childhood that we wanted because we've had to live it in other ways of gender identity, gender expression, and going to the ballpark next door, sexual romantic orientation. So I totally affirm that, and yeah, very strongly empathise with you, but. Also, you know, the fact that you said it was a long answer, well, it is important to explain that this has been sitting in your mind for, well, you know, sort of 20 or 30 years or something um, since it happened. And then finally you were talking about it all came up when you started talking about an idea for a book. So I think it's a perfectly fair answer is I really wanted to affirm <laughs> that. Um, it's <laughs> really you. important. And, you know, we all wanted um, to you know, just feel, have clothes that, well, make it, we all want to feel good in everything and make and um, feel good, and that includes clothes. So, you know, when this came up a couple of idea, um, a couple of years ago, you then had this idea for the book. Now, you are um, the writer. It says on the front page, written by Cat Patrick. But there's you have a very important collaborator. How did um, all this whole process come from idea to where we are in the middle of 2021, where I am sitting here with a hard copy of a book in front of me? Um, it was, well, I uh, approached Scribble, um, Miriam at Scribble with that idea, with a manuscript, essentially. I can't, I can't draw. No one wants to see a kid's book that I've drawn. That's not something anyone wants to see. Um, so Miri took the manuscript and then went out to source an illustrator, um, somebody who would be able to, I don't know, not that it's, it wasn't a complicated manuscript, but I think it has so much nuance in it that is specific to that experience. Um, and I think that uh Miri did an amazing job in finding Haley and who's also based um in here in the UK and they took the manuscript and just did an incredible job with it I've never I mean I've worked with it it's the first time I've ever really had a picture book where I've not collaborated with someone from the start this is the first picture book where it's been a manuscript that then went to an illustrator and I don't really have much to do with that process um but Haley read the manuscript and immediately understood it and the illustrations they did almost from the get-go were perfect. And the book as it is, is better than I ever could have imagined. I think it's a wonderful thing with only doing the writing portion of it is you have this very interesting creative experience where you have to kind of let go of the text at a certain point and not be, you have to entrust it to somebody else in a way that's quite wild that doesn't really exist in a lot of other writing disciplines anyway. Um, and you get to see it kind of reformed and retranslated and also processed by somebody else, which is such an amazing thing to uh, thing to be able to do and work within. So, yeah, that's how I think that answers your question, how it came about from there. And then obviously just the usual. That's why kids books always take longer than you think it. Um, we were obviously working through the pandemic here in the UK. Awesome. We were working right through the first part of that Um so it was complicated for lots of different reasons for both of us. But I think in the end, we have a book that um, is something I'm really, really proud of, you know, very, very proud of. Well, absolutely. And I, I, I 
you know, totally congratulate you on it. And I deeply hope you are proud of it. I know that what should's a dangerous word, but I think you should be proud of it. And um, you know, Haley as well, because it just it it really clicks. The thing that you know gets me just even having a flip through it as though I've looked down at it now. The the illustrations, the drawings do fit, um, you know, just so well with what you wrote. Um, it's you, yeah. it was it was it appears like you were almost side by side in parallel process writing it. You had a manuscript, and someone else um, came along and put yeah. the illustrations in perfectly. The sort of the analogy that comes to mind, which is a nice UK queer analogy, is the old Elton John, Bernie Taupin sort of thing of two rooms. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, what Haley did so well is they, and something that you, I think, only can really express if you understand it innately, is that the expressions on Frankie's face and the body posturing, like the shoulders, mm. like there's like, how much lives in your shoulders when you're a kid that is, you know, not able or not free to express themselves the way they would like to. And I think that that hunching that the sadness the loneliness and that I think it was just it's like it was amazing to me the first time I saw those illustrations I think I cried the first time because it felt I felt so recognized by that um, in myself as well well you know look again same thing um you know I I, I you reminded me I used to walk around stooping and hunching because perhaps I didn't feel confident in all parts of myself and yeah, you know, yes you've you, you've sort of touched on that that nuance, which is one that I, I would be honest um, and say that just having another look, I hadn't quite noticed. And of course, the other thing, just to link back to Elton and Bernie, is um, you know you do. Um, we'll, we'll give a teaser. You do end up with a wonderful pair of sunglasses in this book. I mean, Elton was known for his sunnies um, very much as well. So uh, definitely a shout out to Elton. I'm not ashamed to admit that. <laughs> I was thinking when I had like mood board, I had a mood board of suits, like dream suits. And so there was a bit of Patti Smith, Elton, uh, Janelle Monet, And I, Elton was definitely, a, a, there are definitely a few Elton uh, visuals on there as well. So it's like an amalgate of all my favourite suits throughout time. Well, it does. And look, I, I have to bring that up now. I mean, I'm, um, look, I'm the least, possibly not the biggest marketing oriented person, but I'm seeing merch, merch, merch come out of um, this left, <laughs> right and centre. I want a um, spectacular suit, please. Um, um, I, know, I, I hope Mary's listening. That's a good idea. I wonder if we've got budget. I'd like waistcoats. If we could just afford the waistcoats, that'd be amazing. Well, that'd be cool too. Um, definitely. <laughs> um, but really the whole suit, um, you know, as well. And, you know, sort of, and, and the and the sunnies, um, I think, have to go with it. I can't go without that. And it just, it does, you know, end up looking spectacular. So hopefully we're doing teasers here rather than um, spoilers to um, get people to read it. But... Pause it right there, just have a break. Um, a pre-recorded chat with Cat Patrick on um, um, their book, The Spectacular Suit, um, illustrated as well by Hayley. And we'll have another track that's about clothing. Um, this one's from a mid-1980s Richard Clapton album. Um, and it's not the song of the same title by Sinead O'Connor. It's called The Emperor's New Clothes. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand. Out of the pan with Sally.
for an easy way to keep up with your annual 3CR subscription. You can now set up an annual debit from your bank account or credit card, and once a year your payment will be automatically deducted. You can cancel at any time and you'll get a reminder each year before payment. Be a constant supporter of Melbourne's precious independent community radio station and set up a recurring payment today. Just go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. your chance to tune in so come on come in live on thursdays 3 p.m 3cr 855 a.m is us, 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand. Out of the pan with Sally on a Sunday afternoon as we first go to air between noon and one, um, Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time in where we are. And prior to the messages, we heard from Richard Clapton from the Glory Road Glory Road album. Get my... Um, teeth and tongue are lining there and um, a track called The Emperor's New Clothes which was written at the time where um, former Prime Minister Malcolm Fraser allegedly was wandering around outside, uh, in a hotel lobby in Memphis without his pants on and it was written by Richard Clapton uh, John Farris, Tim Farris and Gary Gary Beers and it's got the um, artists on the, on the track um, a plethora um, of um, what would you call it? A classic rock of of eighties classic rock. Tim Ferriss on guitar, John Ferriss on drums, um, Gary Gary Beers on bass, um, um, all in excess. Alan Mansfield, who's done lots of stuff, in particular with Dragon Horns, the Brastards, got to like that, and backing vocals, um, Jimmy Barnes and now the now late Michael Hutchins. Wow. That's what we call classic rock. And it's about clothing. And we'll have another one about clothing because today is World Tuxedo Day. That'll be the next track. Um, But in the meantime, we've got something to finish off talking about clothing and all sorts of suitery um, because um, we're going to come back and have part two of the conversation between Cat Patrick, author of The Spectacular Suit, and myself. Here we go. There's so many other aspects. I mean, yes, it's a book and it's fun and it's colourfully illustrated and beautiful collaboration, but there's you touched on this right at the start that this is, you know, in a way it's a very personal book as well for you. And I'd like, if you're okay, to tell us a bit more about that part of it. Yeah, I think it's personal and I wrote it to myself when I was younger. I think it's that's as personal as it gets, isn't it? I think I wanted to have a story that felt like I wish I'd had at that age which I don't know sounds like a very cheesy thing to say but I think sometimes it's an interesting job to be writing books for children because you've got to be careful not to be you know the best children's books of all time always speak directly to children they don't project adult lives onto a child's life you know and I think I wanted to write a book that would have spoken exactly to me at that age um, or at least coming into that age uh, and it's sort of gave permission for families as well, I think, for the adults reading those books, gave them uh, a small glimpse, you know, I know it's not, obviously, it's only the smallest glimpse or insight into what it's like to be that kid, 
um, and how to facilitate, yeah, how just the role of family in that book as well, I think is really important, um, which is obviously, I never said any of that stuff when I was a kid because, God, all those years ago, there wasn't the same language uh, and the same, well, it's just a different time. I mean, I say that even at the age of 35, it was a different time. Um, and I think that being able to give a book to families, it also helps families kind of process and move through those things too is really important. Um, yeah, yeah it, it's me. I, I, I was wearing here, yeah. <laughs> You've touched on a really good point there that, yes, and there's a well, number of good points, again, to reflect back that um, so much in the book, um, you know, it does, does talk to younger trans and gender diverse people, but it also talks to that sense of allyship, which just hadn't quite struck me. But I think the thing from a writing point of view is, you know, I like what you said about there's a number of factors. I mean, it's we often hear this phrase, if you could go back and tell your X-year-old self, um, you know, what would you tell them? Well, you're telling it through a book, and that seems both authentic and so to me, but it does have that, well, in the broad sense of the word, I'll say childlike innocence to how it is written. And so it doesn't feel, if I, I say very warmly, it doesn't seem like it's an adult um, talking here at all. This is Frankie, who is how X, relatively young, X years old, talking, and it really came across that way. Um, but also, yeah, that sense of allyship and the support that trans and gender diverse people need and are thankfully increasingly getting mm -hmm. um, from their, say, family of origin. And, of course, we now have more of a family of choice as well. So yeah, I think you've touched on lots of good points there. The other thing I wanted to talk about was writing generally. Um, perhaps what else have you written? Um, you know, give that a mention and other sorts of um, book writing of any sort that you have done and how you found that as a process. <laughs> I do I do lots of kinds of writing these days. It's been an interesting journey. I think the first, I wrote children's books for, I mean, I've always been writing, I suppose, but kids' books were the first thing that I did. I mean, relatively successfully. I've, I've got the other Doodle Cat books out, and last year we had Howl uh, come out as well. Um, and then I also write for, have just started writing for grown-ups now as well, so short stories, and I'm working on my first novel at the moment which is terrifying um but yeah I'm always doing always doing lots of kinds of writing I think it's children's books are so unique and so important to me in terms of a writing process because like I said before you have to kind of release this work at various stages to different people to then be translated um and I love that I love the collaborative of it and I now I'm doing a novel I definitely miss that collaborative I feel very alone. I'm writing a novel is very solo procedure in comparison, by comparison, but yeah. Side question, do you consider yourself introvert, ambivert or extrovert? <laughs> I think maybe ambivert. I don't know. I go between introvert and ambivert. I think probably most likely an introvert. I think I've been an introvert masquerading as an extrovert for, for the last 10 years. I think, I think is what I figured out about myself most recently. <laughs> Well, what is it they say that um, introverts appear extroverted when they're talking about something they're really passionate about, which could be introversion too. Um, so yeah. de definitely, uh, yeah, just just curious because, I mean, you know, uh, I, I tend very strongly to the introvert end of things. And I don't, I have, in terms of work, I've happily survived working from home in the last 18 months. Uh, 
it's been actually quite pleasant to not be in an office where just when you get your concentration going, someone comes along and goes and interrupts it. So yeah. it's just it's a, it's a bit of a pet topic on about introverts for me. But um, yeah, yeah, a range of writing there. And the thing is, as you've um, gone on, and you you are probably you are definitely now living more as your authentic self in terms of your gender. Has that freed up your writing of whatever we'll say writing genre as well oh a hundred percent I was actually just saying this to my partner the other day that I think that I I only came out as trans non-binary three I mean not I'm still in the process of doing it you know it it doesn't it's not something that happens in one sitting is it (laughs) it takes a takes Mm. a while to uh or maybe you're always coming out I suppose but I when I made that when I first said it out loud I think three years ago was when my at least my alt my writing for adults turned around like suddenly I was able to write in a way that I hadn't before actually which has been really interesting I'm still still in the middle of reflecting on it I haven't quite finished thinking about what that means but there's some kind of you know it's probably not that difficult to uh think through just that when you start being exactly who you want to be everything else kind of falls into place or starts falling into place anyway I make it sound very romantic I promise you it's not all blood sailing but you know what I mean <laughs> well I, I do and I'm sure most of our LGBTIQA plus listeners would, would understand that um, it's not a smooth sort of limousine ride down the road but at least you get <laughs> well, yeah you get on the right the right road once you can be yourself and yeah. you know the fact that you know, I was going to ask you that, that, you know, sort of what you would like to say to other writers or creative slash artists out there um, about being yourself. And you've probably you've answered that question by saying just that your writing is expanding and you know, hopefully coming, well, I'll say more easily or more fluid, fluently or fluidly, so to speak, to if I can throw in a pun, I said I would. Um, and I... <laughs> And I just, I think it's awesome. And, you know, most of all, you know, and I'll just throwing in a personal one here as a nearly 56-year-old trans woman to see books available that help young transgender, diverse, non-binary people get onto their authentic path earlier in life and have less stuff to go through um, is huge. And so there's that deeper, really powerful aspect of the spectacular suit that, you know, one person, one family sees this, it could be really life-changing for them. And I just think that's that's just, well, you know, it just brings a, a smile to my face even, think, even thinking about that. Yeah, me too. I think um, that would be, even if, yeah, like you said, just one family, one person, that would be uh, everything. That would be everything. I could quit now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, you sort of, um, I'm sure there'll be at least one. Um, (laughs) I think that's awesome. But don't quit now because we want, um, you know, more books and more writing um, from you. And, of course, we're very fortunate here in Melbourne that even in lockdown you can order online from our fabulous queer bookstore, Hairs and Hyenas. But for those who are listening anywhere all over the planet, um, how else can people buy a copy of the Spectre? the copy of the book the spectacular suit i think for now it's just come out in america and australia in the uk it comes out next in march i think next year i'm probably gonna get in trouble for getting that wrong um but my advice is always if you want one in australia then please buy it from independent bookshops um a a queer independent bookshop even better um and the same goes if you want to if you're wanting to get it in the us as well please seek out all the independent booksellers that you can to buy it 
Um, and in the UK, yeah, next year, the same line for me. Independent book size would be great. Um, but I think, yeah, I think I think it's March for the UK, but US and Australia available now to buy. <laughs> Doing a terrible job with this. That book, um, it shows you you do it for the for the love of what you do, and um, not because you're a, a merch a marketing person, <laughs> but you are. You are going to be merchandising the spectacular suits when they come out, um, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm happy to um, brainstorm that. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, the the universe manifested um, yourself um, finding an illustrator being Haley. I'm sure you can find a fashion designer um, that can design the spectacular suits as well. And, um, you know, I'll be um, pre-ordering mine. Um, if you've got it in sort of well, Australian size 18, 20 or something, I'll definitely uh, have one. Um, (laughs) I just look I just think it's incredibly awesome on every front to have a book like this cat Um, you know you've it's enjoyable it's pleasant and well you know this nearly physically 56 year old person well their inner child really enjoyed reading it I'm sure there'll be lots of people out there and I'm sure lots of libraries would like to have it so I just want to thank you for writing the book um, and just check in if there's anything else that you want to add about anything we've discussed or anything at all, really, um, while, we're, while we're here. No, just uh, happy to reinforce the universe manifestation of the spectacular suit being made. I'm just going to put that out there as well, so it's double put out there. <laughs> it's a really good idea. <laughs> Any fashion designers that are keen, please get in touch. <laughs> Well, just Kat, thanks so much for your time today on 3CR. Pleasure having you all over the long distance Zoom Zoom airwaves and um, wishing you all the best um, in all parts of your life, um, personal, writing, professional, everything. And um, yeah, stay safe and happy in these very strange times that we're in in the 2020s. Yeah, Uh, same to you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Bye for now. There it was, Cat Patrick, um, the author of um, The Spectacular Suit. Um, what a great great book. Um, you can, of course, get it from Hares and Hyenas here in Victoria. Um, and as stated, support other independent bookstores um, around the planet. And if you are on another planet um, and can send an email, SMS, um, or something, um, let me know if you how much which those other stores are. But it really, I just fell in love with the book, hashtag in a child or something like that. It really is um, a great book and um, please support it. Um, now, I had a couple of messages in while we're playing the conversation um, with um, Kat. Um, <clears throat> just um, bring those up. Um, um, from one of our awesome listeners, we only have awesome listeners on 3CR, not regular listeners at all. Um, 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 Peter's glad to hear that there was a mention of Janelle Monet, who of course was, um, mentored by Prince. Um, and, um, well, he, in terms of clothing, um, he wore a raspberry beret. Um, and, um, yes, the situation with Malcolm Fraser did happen. Um, definitely remember that. Um, we'll just, um, do a quick, um, search engine, um, and see what comes up if we put Malcolm Fraser Memphis. This is live radio, people of all genders. Um, um, yes, abc.net.au, 20th of March, 2015. Um, it immediately comes up. Um, what happened um, to really happen the night um, Malcolm Fraser lost his trousers in a seedy Memphis hotel? Um, the incident he's ever refused to talk about. He claimed he was drugged, um, but... Um, 
you know, sort of um, all sorts of things. He couldn't recall it, um, and um, he always refused to comment on it, according to this article. And um, you know, sort of, um, we don't know. Um, so, um, shed light. His wife shed light on the scandal. He, from Mr. Fraser, claimed he was drugged. Um, and he claimed he was set up by delegates, um, put a Mickey Finn in his drink, all that sort of thing. Hmm. Um, but, of course, we'll never know. All right. Um, continuing with our clothing theme, and as I said, um, by total coincidence, I honestly wasn't aware of this when I planned this interview, today is World Tuxedo Day, so there's only one track we can play um, in the spirit of independent artistry, and that's a track by the fabulous Emma Wall from way back in the early 2000s. Um, from Emma's album Sneak and a track called Dinner Jacket. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally.
Environmental Film Festival Australia is back for 2021. This year's digital festival invites you to take a journey with a series of thought-provoking films, documentaries and shorts. EFA 21 invites you to explore the world and connect with environmental issues beyond the headlines. Take a journey into the deepest seas, up awe-inspiring mountains and into the lives of those fighting to save our planet. Running from October 14 to November 14, visit effa.org.au for more. The Environmental Film Festival is a 3CR supporter. This is David Rovix and you are tuned to 3CR, 8.55am, Melbourne, Australia. Step three is finding there's a tactic when everyone believes it could be true. That if all the people work collectively, there just might be something we can do and everything can change. 3CR, 8.55am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan, with Sally, first broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon on um, those um, technologies. We, prior to the messages, had two tracks, a double play in my best commercial radio voice. Um, I still haven't, still haven't had a response back to my applications. Classic rock, oh yeah. Um, we had Emma Wall from the Dinner Jacket album on World Tuxedo Day and... Um, 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 from the Sneak album on World Tuxedo Day, I should say, and Dinner Jacket, and some great horn there by Nache, and then finally got around to playing um, a track from Pink Williams. Um, thank God for gay cowboys. Um, well, um, I thanks to one of our awesome listeners, Nigel, there's lots of awesome listeners, as I always say, and Nigel put me on to Pink Williams, and, well, if you don't like Donald Trump, you'll like Pink Williams' music, um, there's a whole range of tracks you can get at Pink Williams' website. Um, there's all sorts of stuff, and um, there's covers of um, Jambalaya. There's a cover of, for those who remember, their really old country music um, and sort of harmony music, the Statler Brothers' Flowers on the Wall. There's a, um, a parody of Johnny Cash's Folsom Prison Blues called Protest Prison Blues, um, and all sorts of things. And what are some of the other ones? Um, um, a good one, which I'll play in the next few weeks, called Personal Problems. Um, there's You Can't Call a Nazi a Nazi on the Internet. Um, so um, very progressive queer country and Western. So we um, this show likes that. Um, this presenter also <laughs> likes that, which is a good time to say that normally uh, coming up on the show, I say catch you next week in about, um, you know, sort of, um, well, five or so minutes time. But, um, yes, I will catch you next week. No problem there. But you're also going to catch me, if you are listening live to 3CR, um, in another hour's time because I'm doing some extra radio today. Um, 2, 2 p.m. Sundays um, after Freedom of Species is the 3CR slot rotations, which is just that, rotating around to whichever presenter wants to do something different to what they usually do. So largely putting aside um, the queer and the politics I'm doing a tribute to one of my favourite musicians who sadly passed away a few weeks ago, Tom T. Hall. And it's going to be an hour of Tom T. Hall tracks. So they've got a bag full of those big, um, those silver silver vinyl things called CDs or something like that. 
and I'm going to be playing. I just, I don't, I, I sat down to try to plan it. I mean, it's, for me, this is like, um, there's an old saying, all be as good and some's better than others. Well, all Tom T. Hall tracks are good and some are better than others. So um, look forward to that. Not sure if I'll be able to put a podcast of it up, um, but we shall see. Um, um, but you'll certainly be able to get it on demand for a week like you will with um, any 3CR show. Um, so stay tuned to for that. Of course, Freedom of Species coming up next um, is all about kangaroos. Um, so they'll be hopping into the airwaves very, very shortly. Well, um, quick queer news roundup of the week. Um, there's still getting still getting lots of stories about the horrendous religious discrimination bill. You would have thought, with worries about vaccinations, the economy, China, goodness knows what else, that um, this wouldn't even be on the radar, but it is. But the, I'm beginning to get some glimmers of hope that it will be more like a standard discrimination bill. Um, rather than a so-called religious freedoms bill, of course, the pudding—the um, proof of the um, pudding—is in the is in the reading or something like that. So we'll all want to wait and see. But I think that maybe um, for all the nonsense, um, the community has um, sort of made its voice clear, and we'll see what happens. But of course, every detail will count. Um, you know, the bills that have been previously proposed, the first two exposure drafts were obviously way too extreme and none of the things in it were acceptable. You can't have, for example, federal law override state. Would a federal bill um, that protects religion therefore override conversion practice laws at the state and territory level, um, particularly states? So that would be one thing. So we're still going to have to um, remain alert um, and hopefully not get too alarmed or something like that. Um, yeah, so lots going on. What are the, some other things happening? Could be that the Polyvic Discussion Group is on this um, Tuesday the 12th. Um, make sure you check out that. Um, um, what else? Um, the Trans Transpire for Trans and Gender Diverse People um, run by um, Transgender Victoria is on this Wednesday. Um, don't forget to always tune in for Bent TV, which airs on channel 31 slash 44 Friday and then goes up on YouTube thereafter to wit. Um, and make sure you check that out. And um, well, hopefully we'll have more events to talk about soon and live. Um, yes, and what more can we say on that front? Goodness me. Um, so, yeah, um, keep, keep hanging in there, peeps. Um, it's obviously not fun. Um, in metropolitan Melbourne at the moment. Um, but there, I think where there are dim lights at the end of the tunnel, um, which goodness knows we can do with every um, bit of light um, that we can. So um, let's make sure that we can get to um, our deadlines as quickly as possible. Um, and, um, yeah, we shall make it. Um what else is there to talk about? Um, lots of things um, you know, going on. It has been obviously a very tough few weeks, and I've, I've strayed away from that um, in terms of the broader issues. Um, it's obviously been very draining, and I think for a lot of people, you know, I know I myself at times have wondered what on earth the world is coming to with some of the things that happened a few weeks ago. And, yeah, I said it before, say it again, you know, um, well, I've said lots of things before and I might say them again, but I may not have said this one. I mean, 
You tell me any person on this planet who wants, wanted the pandemic, wanted COVID, wanted lockdowns, wanted masks anywhere. I don't think there's one out of 7.9 billion, but the reality is it's here and we've got to try to deal with it the best way we can. And the thing that I have said before is there's all this talk about, oh, what about the rights? You know, sort of, you can almost hear Veruca Salt from Willy Wonka saying it. Um, Well, remember the other side of the coin is responsibilities. And if we are truly all in this together, then everyone's going to have to take responsibility, get as many people who can legitimately be, do so. Yes, you have your right to your opinion, and there are definitely people with medical conditions who can get vaccinated. And that's, I think, the only way we're going to get some sort of life back. Obviously, we're never not going to get to the proverbial COVID zero again, at least for some time. Um, but please play your part. Take responsibility. That's enough for me for the week. Um, thanks once again to Cat Patrick for being my guest on the show. Um, take it out today. There's a new track from Paul Kelly, um, you know, sort of... Um, which um, it's taken me a few weeks to get to this. Um, it went up on YouTube on the 15th of September, but we've had lots of guests and haven't had a chance to play it. So let's have a listen to this wonderful track. Well, I mean, you know, it's sort of like saying all three, all three CR listeners are awesome. Paul Kelly tracks are awesome. I'll catch you on Out of the Pan next week. And if you're listening live, catch you in an hour for rotations with the Tom T. Hall special. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Tonight I went out from the kitchen Looked up at the stars from the yard I was hoping to get some perspective But sometimes perspective is hard I know my life is a blessing And our blessings come with a curse My enemies I know I can't handle But friends now, well, they can be worse Oh, I'm so sick and tired Of keeping it inside I'm so sick and tired today I remember the old ones are traveling They're with me every step of the way Thousands smile when I go through my paces They fall at my dancing feet To slap my back in high places They want to shake my hand on the street Oh, I love my beautiful children They clamber and climb all over me I close my eyes and I'm dreaming Of a world where they can just be Oh, I'm so sick and tired Of keeping it all inside 
Step of the way. 